We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers podcast, it is episode 179, and we have got a great show as we prepare for week one of the Cleveland Browns season and to talk about the Browns offseason and the week one matchup against the Bengals from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and the Behind the Glass Show. It is Mikey McNuggets. We're going to talk all things Browns with Mikey. Plus, we'll get into college football a little bit after week one is in the books. We will talk about our Three cheers of the week. Chad has a great college football name game to play with us and so much more. So coming up the driveway, unfold your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one and join us for Garage Beers. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night. It is the OBR streaming network. It is 9 p.m. And that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the Garage Beers podcast. Welcome on in to episode 179 of the Garage Beers podcast, brought to you proudly here on the OBR streaming network. Again, the OBR is your home for some of the best Browns coverage you're going to get out there. Uh, The OBR, the website, the streaming network, we've got five days of coverage on the streaming network happening pretty much every day of the week, and some of the best writing you're going to get on the website as well. So they're still running the promo for the OBR. It's 70% off an annual subscription to the OBR right now. 70%. 70%. So wow. get over there. Get some. It's like 30 bucks for the year. I'm crazy to make a OBR. deal with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, get over there. Get subscribed to the OBR Streaming Network. And while you're doing subscriptions and stuff, make sure while you're watching tonight, whether it's YouTube or Twitch, hit that subscribe button as well uh, if you're loving what you got with the, uh, with the Garage Beers podcast here. Also, get over to our socials. And follow us at The Garage Beers on Twitter, Instagram. We're on TikTok. We haven't done a lot of goofy stuff on TikTok lately, but I, I'll just count on Chad to get back into that at some point. All uh, right. Please do that. Please do that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, give us a follow. Make sure you are following us on the podcast host as well. Uh, we really appreciate your support. So we got a great show planned for you here. Episode 179, approaching 180 next week. It's crazy. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff to get to. We've got an amazing special guest that's waiting in the wings. We're really excited to have him. Uh, uh, kind of cool. He came through for us kind of last minute today. So big time appreciate uh, having him come on. And uh, we look forward to talking sports with him. But before we do that, let's bring the boys in with you. As always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Joining me first over on the east side of Cleveland, out on the porch tonight, it's Chad Meyer. Find him online at Garage Beers. Chad, what up, Chad? How you doing? 
of Dusen. Hey, uh, so <laughs> I was running on a trail today in the Metro Parks, and by the way, beautiful Metro Parks out here. You know the way the East Side can't compete with the West Side on much, but I would put its 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 hiking trails up against anything the West Side has to offer. Okay, but I was sitting around my jog, and uh, I got to thinking. Right. Now you guys know how my random uh, random mind works. So I was just in my head. I was just picturing that there being no trail there. Right. And it's just woods. And like, you know, I, I was just thinking like, you know, back in like the 17, 1800s, like if you guys got transported back in time, would you be able to like survive? Right. Like if you like if, like if you left your house and you had to travel by horseback, like and you just the only thing you knew was like Cleveland was that way. And it was like a two or three day ride. Like, would you die? Like, would you be dead right away or would you be able to survive? Yeah. I got to tell you one of my favorite moments of, of the week. Not like, not of the podcasting, not of doing the sports thing, not of being on the OBR, none of that. I think one of my favorite moments of the week is just this one minute glimpse into your freaking brain, man. (laughs) I don't... Not only do I not, I don't know whether I'd survive that, but I don't know that I'd survive one second in your head. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> not a lot of people would. Not a lot of people would. But I don't know. It's a fun question, right? You think there's, you'd be able to there's, there's a great comedian. I forget his name. Um, but I, I saw this clip floating around, like, literally, like, last month. And he talks about, like, time traveling in the past and, like, all the cool stuff you could show people. Like, you could say, like, hey, like, we have these devices in our pockets yeah, you can call anybody in the world, and like the bit is like the people ask, "Well, how does it work?" And you're like, uh, "I don't, I don't exactly yeah. know that." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like the Earth is so much cooler to live on now. Like back in the 16, <laughs> you're like, "Get me the hell out of here." <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, good news, you only lived till you were like forty back then, so no <laughs> yeah. big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, you'd be uh, an elder. I think if you didn't know better, then you just made it. It just is what it is. That's all. That's what I'm saying. If you got transported back in time, like, would you? Oh, like, no, I'd be dead. <laughs> I, I would die of dysentery. Straight <laughs> up Oregon Trail style. Oh, nice. Death of dysentery. All right. All right. So Chad's, Chad's up, in his, up in his brain uh, to start the show. Joining us also down in Nashville, Tennessee. Find him online at Garage Beers. Joe, it's Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? I would definitely be dead because my foot's broken. So I would not <laughs> be able to ride anywhere, run anywhere. I would just yeah, you would be you would be in the back of the wagon getting hunted yeah. by whatever was attacking yeah. you. They, they, we would they just would old yeller you out back. Yeah, they'd shoot <laughs> me like a lame horse. I'd be done. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, like I said, we got a great show. The boys are in form tonight, so I'm ready for this. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff to get to. We got our garage beers of the week coming up here in just a minute. We're gonna talk. It is. It's finally time to talk about a real NFL football game. I am very excited for that with you guys. Plus, we're going to talk about, I don't know, we're going to get into college football. We'll get into probably a little bit of a funeral for the Cleveland Guardians. we got a lot to get to. But before we do any of that, we have got a fantastic special guest joining us here tonight. Uh, you'll know him if you pay attention at all. And if you don't pay attention to this, you should. Because a lot of our friends that we've had on this podcast many times are on this show. If you're not paying attention to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, you're missing out. They do a fantastic job. Uh, again, our one of our very first guests we ever had on, Jay Crawford. He's he's been on with us a few times. Bull, Tyvis, Aditi, all these people, friends of ours, uh, and we're going to make another friend here tonight. We're really excited to bring him in. Also, you can find him though. He does like a little sideshow, uh, like a spinoff of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. With I think it's with the producers. We'll find out more about it. 
But uh, it's called Behind the Glass, uh, where him and a couple other guys talk sports as well. And it's a really, it's very entertaining. So we're going to bring him in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, it's Mikey McNuggets. Mikey, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here. And I know you said earlier I was kind of a late fill-in. And I don't know who dropped out, but I'm going to pretend it was Deshaun Watson. So, you know, I understand yeah. that we work in yeah. the industry of, of guests coming and going. So I'm just going to pretend I was I was the first replacement for Deshaun. And he's, uh, he's going to come back on with you guys another time. But... I got a beer. Excited <laughs> to be here, and it's gonna be uh, should be fun. Look, at, we got the love going in the comments already. Serge watches the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show every Appreciate afternoon. It, One of our good friends, Justin Wyatt, the Nugs. I like <laughs> that. I like that. <laughs> now, would, uh, now, Mikey, would you survive? I mean, were you listening to that conversation? Would I, you survive? Uh, no, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm dead pretty quickly. Like, I think I'd survive longer than than maybe you guys, but I'm not making it to Oregon. There's not a chance yeah, in hell no. I'm making Oregon. <laughs> yeah, we're no, not finished in this no trail. No, my oxen no. are drowning in the river for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so listen, a bit of a surprise. We don't want to reveal behind the curtain too much for Mikey McNuggets, but a bit of a surprise. Uh, not his real name. No, yeah, not no. his real name. And so this was a fun conversation I had with him before as I was going back. Wait, and forth. what? Oh, right. <laughs> I know. I know. Shocking, right? <laughs> right. Whoa. Uh, uh, I asked him because I made I, I had Seth, our boy Seth, at uh, Wreck This League on Twitter, make the promo for this. And I said, oh, should do, do you want to be Mikey McNuggets on the promo or are we going with your real name? So do we reveal like, are you comfortable with going with your real name? Oh, yeah. My, my last name's Lucas. Uh, but that's such a generic white person named Mike Lucas. Can you think of seriously a more like <laughs> basic name, easily to forget? Yeah. I'm a producer on the show, so it just kind of comes and goes. Uh, producer Mike, that's just boring, like flat out boring. Right. And on the third show of UCSS, we had Joe Thomas on. And I'm new to Cleveland. I, I abide by one simple rule. If Joe Thomas says it, it goes. And he, I said something, he's like, that's kind of stupid for some. What's your name again? Mikey McNuggets? And all of a sudden, boom, I'm McNuggets. So Joe Thomas actually <laughs> gave me my nickname on the air. And since then, it's stuck. And I'm actually in Joe Thomas's phone as McNuggets. So like, that's kind of my claim to fame. Legendary. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So shout out Joe, best dude we've talked to. <laughs> I'd be filing the paperwork down at City Hall. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. we're just gonna change it. We're just changing it permanent. Mine as well. I uh, I have a girlfriend now, but there was a while where the number one thing on my dating profile was Joe Thomas saying that on my like the video of Joe Thomas saying that, and that was by far <laughs> the most interactive thing I had in all my uh, incredible my internet Cleveland dating scene. So did did she mention it? Was she like, oh my god? The girl I'm dating now I did not meet through an internet. Oh, okay, all right. But uh, she also has no idea who Joe Thomas is. So even if she saw that, she'd be like, why is an old, better-looking-than-you guy calling you McNuggets? So it would, would not have worked on her, but it did work on quite a few people in Cleveland. Hey, baby, you ready to be Mrs. <laughs> McNuggets? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, another little surprise, uh, a little small-world connection that I found in just kind of looking up some info uh, about Mikey McNuggets. But you did a little work in Bryan, Texas. I did. And if you'll notice back here behind me, I am a I am a Texas saying, "Oh, get out!" I am a I am a graduate of the School no, of Health God, and Health Sciences at yeah, Texas A and M University. Let's go, small world. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before I came to Cleveland, I was the weekend sports anchor at Kags down there, the NBC station in town, and got to know uh, all the coaches pretty well. I went to a D three school in Boston, Emerson College. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not many people have heard of it. I never had a college allegiance. I'm from Jersey, so Rutgers was terrible my whole life growing up. So, like, no reason to root for Rutgers. So, when I got to Texas and started covering the team and 
you're not supposed to root for people you know, but like winning is good for business. At the end of the day, if AM won football games, <laughs> our ratings were way up here in Cleveland. If the Browns win football games, our ratings go way up. So, like, yeah, if you want to call me, I root for any team I cover because guess what? If they win, we all win. So, yeah, right. please win. Like, yeah. right. the Super Bowl show ratings will have bananas. So, like, yes, please win every, every game. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not an Aggie. I don't have an Aggie ring, but I, I root for the Aggies and uh, Jimbo, me and Jimbo were pretty, we had a pretty good relationship. So it was a good first game. Wegman's the, the truth, man. Wegman could ball. I was there way, way before Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's the coach I, I knew, him and Buzz. I was, uh, I was there during Big 12, Big 12 era. Uh, so. It was a different time. It was a di- Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver on the team. When I was I'm back. sure it looks a little different now than it did back then. Conversation going to come up though. It's it but I'm telling you, cool spot. I'm telling everybody that's like, how'd you just like come from Ohio and fall in love with Texas A&M? I said I just went to my first game at Kyle Field, and that was it. Magic like, game over. Magic game over. Yeah, it's a game cult. over. It's a cult, and it's a cool cult, but it is a cult. And oh, Aggies sure. are weird as hell. Like no, oh, no doubt. I love them, but they are weird. But if you uh, if you accept them for what they are, it's a pretty magical place down there. <laughs> I love it. All right, boys, let's go around. Uh, before we get into talking about the Cleveland Browns, which is what we'll kind of lead off with, uh, we're going to take it around, and we're going to talk about our Garage Beers of the Week. We're called the Garage Beers Podcast for a reason. We talk sports over a cold beer. And so, Mikey McNuggets, you are our guest. So just, just give us a little bit. What are you drinking? Is it good? Do you like it? Tell us about it. So, full disclosure, not a huge beer guy. But... Nice. My dad was here a couple weeks ago. My dad loves beer, and he got a six-pack of Wolf's Ridge Heffenweiser. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Quite delicious, if I do say so myself. Yeah. I got, all right. I'm more of, I've kind of transitioned to the high noon seltzers, but I could, I could throw back a couple of these. This is pretty damn good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even putting on a front. Like, this is actually <laughs> – it's light. I, the heavy beers I can't do. I'm, I'm a little dude, man. I get full. I get bloated. I feel fat, and then not great, so – this is this is pretty good though. Like I will finish probably two of these before we're done. No oh, man. Oh, shout awesome. out to Dad McNuggets. Dad McNuggets <laughs> bringing some beer. <laughs> yeah, Mike never feels not fat. But if you find yourself in Columbus, uh, Mikey, go to Wolf's Ridge Brewery. What a it's, dick. Uh, <laughs> go to Wolf. Go to Wolf's Ridge Brewery. It's uh, it's beautiful there, man. Okay. It's beautiful. Even if you're not a beer guy, it's it's awesome just to hang out there, dude. Yeah, this is good. This is legitimately really good. What are you guys drinking? There it is. Who wants to go next, Joe? Damn. I'll go. Uh, we're going pumpkin. I got Ellicottville, pumpkinville. It's so good. This is like one of the best pumpkin beers I had because it's super light and it doesn't give you that super full, like fatty Mike feeling. Um, it <laughs> We've all been there, man. We've all been there. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, you just got to target. Let's it. clarify there. They are calling me out on this. We're not talking about our guest, <laughs> oh, yes, Mikey. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we can clarify. I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fair. I'm fair game too. If I'm with you guys, I'm fair game. Don't worry. You guys, uh, you guys are a yeah, bunch of assholes. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. I'm glad you like it, Joe. Chad, mm-hmm. you bastard. Uh, what are you well, drinking? Now, now it's time for mine and Mr. McNugget's small world connection because I'm drinking a Hefeweizen too. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. A little Joseph Brow Bavarian style Hefeweizen. Oh. It's good stuff. It's a Trader Joe's special. It's it's fine. It's a good smooth well, beer. DJ I like specials. It. I love Trader Joe's, but I don't really like Trader Joe's, but that beer, man, that beer section is nice. Yeah, good so it is. it's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, that brings it over to me. So two Hefeweizens, I'm going to even it out because, uh, Chad, as I've said to you many times, it it's time. It's not. It's time. It's time. No, it's, it's time. not. It's, 
it's time. It's pumpkin beer time. It's time to go. It's I'm time sitting out on the porch and it is 90 degrees and humid right now. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so this is from Flying Monkeys Craft Brewery out of Barrie, Ontario, Canada. And this is called the Peri- Paranormal Imperial Pumpkin Ale. It's a hell of a can. Oh, it's wild. That's a lot. It's Canadians. That's a lot. It's very Canadian. I, I don't know wow. why I say that, but I feel like that's a lot of Canada on there. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, it's. Yeah. Got a little fun with the clip part there. It is, man. It's just a heavy. I don't even know. It's heavy, though. This is a. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is a 10% beer. That is a straight pumpkin. Delicious. Let me get garage beers in there just so we can show everybody the fun. Very garage nice. beers on there. Uh, a 10% pumpkin ale. You got to love it. So that's what I'm going with tonight. So two pumpkin ales, two Hefeweizens, and apparently I'm the fat guy of the show. That's what we've learned here tonight on Garage Beers. Those are our Garage Beers. Learn something new every day. Joey's <laughs> over there scouring the comments, so let us know what you're drinking uh, and post that in the comments. He'll post that up there so you can tell us all. And if you got something you want us to try, get over to the socials and let us know, and we'll call you out on it as well. But that does it for Garage Beers of the Week. Now let's transition over, boys, and let's talk a little bit about the fact that we're finally here. We finally did this. Mikey, I know you know as well as we do, man. Trying to survive, especially these last couple off seasons, when you do what we do, and you, you know, you guys obviously have a full show career, and we do this kind of for fun as our podcast. But these off seasons, trying to find things to talk about when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, they've been brutal. This was brutal. Like, is it just me or these off seasons getting worse and worse and worse? Well, I think it changes when the expectation of the team is different. Like when you trade for Deshaun Watson and you have a roster that should be at least on paper as competitive as the Browns is, all the offseason drama becomes kind of minute because all that matters is week one, are we going to beat the Bengals? And then weeks one through 17, or I guess 18 with the bye week, are we going to be in contention for a playoff spot? Are we good enough to compete with the Chiefs, the, the Bengals, the Bills, that top tier in the AFC for a Super Bowl? So we're arguing about the seventh and sixth receiver. Like we're arguing about the backup ninth offensive lineman like these discussions in the micro are fun to have because we need something to talk about it but in the macro i mean the whole like Austin Watkins thing he wasn't going to suit up on game days anyway whether he made the team practice squad waived claimed like right he played the browns were significantly hurt at that position <laughs> i'm trying to think of, they traded for pierre we're talking about a third running back potentially the second running back based on jerome ford's health but you know those discussions are had because we have to talk about something but all that matters this year is, is Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson again, and is this defense fixed? Like, outside of those two things, and you can only have that conversation so many times until we actually have any proof of it, like, nothing else really, really, really matters. So I'm with you. I, 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 we came into work yesterday with the rundown, and I was like, we have proof on Monday. Like, we're going to have some yeah. actual tangible evidence to whether all these questions that I've asked 38,000 different ways – we don't have the full answer, but we'll at least have some evidence to make a, an educated guess of, hey, this looks convincing or we're in trouble. So, yeah, dude, I'm with you, man. I, I'm just so happy it's finally here. Like, this is my first – I moved here last year. My first full season, like, fully immersed in Cleveland. Ooh. The excitement in the city is top-notch. I think the Browns should be really good this year. And they're playing the Bengals at home in week one. Like, I'm not sure you could have asked for a better way to – start off the season here yeah this is uh don't get me too excited now mikey all right I, I, you know <laughs> oh, we in cleveland we have to temper our expectations right you know we're waiting for the other shoe to drop now but uh, you know like, 
No, listen. How many times in pre in the pre show meeting were you were you guys just like, okay, so uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. is he going to get traded? Uh, is it- <laughs> yeah, there was to give you like a little context. The day Isaiah Thomas got hurt, we did a segment on like how much of a factor is this? And, I, and have you guys had G Bush on the show? Right? No. G Bush is awesome. I, I love G and G. Like everything that happens with the Browns, he takes personally. As if like Isaiah Thomas getting hurt means he lost ten grand. And like, it's it's the best quality about him. G came in and was like, "I don't feel good about this defense anymore. Like I, I can't." And to him, like I, I get where he comes from because he is so invested, and that's what makes at least that's what makes I think our show really cool. Is we have everyone comes from a different perspective. We have G, who's you know cried with the Browns for forty years. You have Bull, who's not a traditional. He's a Bengals fan who in Cleveland. You have Jay Crawford. Always and like it's it's Isaiah Thomas. He was the fifth defensive end at best. Like he was a guy in the bubble, and now your whole outlook on the season has changed because he's hurt. Like, take a deep breath, calm down. But you have to react to something. Like it's part of the the game we play yeah. as media members. So that's it. It it's never a fake thing, but also you know you got to be entertained. We're entertainment at the end. Of the yeah, day. for sure. So like what? So your first full year here. What have you learned about? This, the the Browns and the and, and and the city and the fandom of this of the people in this city. All right, full disclosure again. Like I had zero expectations for Cleveland yeah. when I moved here. Like I'll tell you the honest answer. This show was supposed to be the ultimate Dallas sports show. Like it wasn't supposed to be the ultimate Cleveland <laughs> sports show. Um, oh, you're lucky to be here because those Dallas people, man. Yikes! Well, it, it ended up work. Do you guys want the full story? I'll, I'll make it as quick as possible. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Tegna owns 70 TV stations across the country. And WFA in Dallas is their flagship. It's their biggest station. And when they told me they were launching a local digital sports show, I was in College Station at the time. And I was like, I want to be part of this. Like, TV's dying. Traditional TV. I, d- I did it for six years. And no one was waiting for 11 o'clock to hear me tell you what Jimbo said. They were going to Twitter because that's what we do as normal people. So I wanted to be involved. Dallas was their flagship station. They had the studio space. Everything was set up to be the ultimate Dallas sports show. The day before I got my offer, Tegna gets sold for $6.4 billion. As part of that sale, the Dallas station was getting shipped off to a different station because they borrowed money, a different company. They're like, hey, you're supposed to get your offer tomorrow. Uh, It's going to be on hold for a sec. I get a call later in the week, and they ask me, hey, what do you think about Cleveland? I'm like Cleveland, Texas, not thinking Ohio at all. <laughs> you know, no, like Cleveland, Ohio, that's our next, you know, we're going to do this in Cleveland instead. Now the job's yours if you want it, but you know, it's in Cleveland. So I was all on board on the project said, let's, let's do it. Moved to Cleveland, had never been to Ohio, had zero expectations. All you know about Cleveland is what you hear and you hear it's a, a dump. And I could not have been proven more wrong. Like I love Cleveland. I, I said it on the show. Yes. I had a, my best friend visited the other week from New Jersey I was so excited to show them around the city. Like, I got my spots now. I got my people. I know what to do. Cleveland is so underrated in the grand scheme of things. And we got so lucky. Between the Baker Mayfield news last year, the Deshaun Watson news, which was a pain in the ass to talk about, but let's be honest, it was ratings every day. And when yeah. you're a new show, you know what is necessary? Uh, drama. And for better or worse, that was nonstop drama. They traded for Donovan Mitchell. The Guardians make the playoff push. And that kind of helped us get to where it was. So the unintentional sale of the company, which by the way, fell through. Tegna never ended up getting the sale fell through, <laughs> but us going to Cleveland was the best thing that ever happened to the show. 
And we wouldn't be where we're at now if it was in Dallas. Like, straight up, Cleveland is the reason we're here. So that's a long way of saying I love Cleveland. The yeah. people here are amazing. Browns fans are batshit. Oh, can I curse? Sorry. Can I curse? No, no yeah. please. Best way possible. I mean that as, like, the highest compliment. Uh, Mike, you know from AM, like, Aggie fans also batshit crazy. Nice. Our job isn't fun if no one cares what we're talking about. <laughs> right. It's not. If we just talk into a vacuum, nobody cares. When you care about Isaiah Thomas getting hurt, and the seventh receiver, and we could do thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of using clicks off something like that, you're in the right spot. Cleveland is the most slept-on city <laughs> in the country. I stand by that, and it has become home in a way I never thought it would. So, I Let's go. It, it's it, awesome. worked, it, it couldn't have worked awesome. out better. It really couldn't have worked out better. I, I've said it forever. The only, the only people that ever say a bad word about Cleveland are the people that have never been to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. If you've been to Cleveland, you you always everybody always is like, oh, this place is actually kind of nice. Yeah. But for some reason, if you've never been here, it's fun to say bad stuff. Anyways, all right, let's get into the Browns. Here's what I want to do, right? I think because nobody wants to be stupid and because we all want to temper expectations. Mikey, what you, what you learn when you're from Cleveland and, and you've worked with these guys now that some of them have been from here and some of them, even a guy like Bull's been here a long time now. Yeah. Um, you get trained. It, 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 it's, it's, it's the Pavlov's dog effect. It, it's you hear something and you immediately have to pull back. You start hearing good things about your team. You have to pull back. So this whole off season, we're hearing, man, Deshaun Watson's looking better in, in, in practice. He's looking better in camp. Then he goes out and plays in the games and it's like, okay, well, he's looking a little bit better now than what we saw him last year. But what we're doing is, yeah, but like if Deshaun's good, then the team should be good. If Deshaun, but we don't know if Deshaun's going to be good, so we're going to like pull it back a little bit, right? That's what we're doing. That's what all Browns fans are doing right now. So I don't want to do that. Here's what I want to do. I'm tired of the wait and see approach with Deshaun Watson. I want to sit here and talk about something. Let's pretend it's 2020 Deshaun Watson shows back up for the Cleveland Browns this year. Very I don't want to. I don't want to talk about, but if he doesn't, we know he might not. We know he might not. But I don't. I want to say let's assume Deshaun Watson is back to form. The guy that was pushing Patrick Mahomes for an MVP that year, uh, just absolutely a phenomenal season. If that happens, let's talk about the ripple effect for the Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about everything that goes with that. If that happens, how good is this football team? If he's 2020 Deshaun, and under this exercise, let's pretend he is, there's no reason, no excuse, absolutely no world where the Browns aren't competing, not just for a playoff spot, but for a, a spot in the Super Bowl. Like, that is that is the one question. And and I'm a full believer in Jim Schwartz. I thought he was the perfect hire defensive coordinator. I love the signings Andrew Barry's made. That defensive line, assuming health, should be ferocious. Linebackers, we'll see, but I, I believe they'll be just naturally better by not having 320-pound defensive – I mean, offensive guards in their face because the defensive tackles are a turnstile. You know, the little yeah. – uh, Spanish bull riders, red flag just run through. Like, that's how bad Taven Bryan and Jordan Elliott were last year. I know Elliott's starting, but they have some other guys to help, you know, kind of fill that void. So I think the linebackers will be better. The secondary is talented. Hopefully Denzel Ward's healthy. But if Deshaun Watson is, is 2020 Deshaun Watson again, that answers all my question marks about the receiver room. Because right now, outside of Amari Cooper, as much as we like Elijah Moore on paper, as much as we like DPJ, Cedric Tillman, Marquise Godwin, or Goodwin, excuse me, all those guys – only Cooper's really proven something in the NFL. Like Elijah Moore, I loved him coming out of college. He's been solid, but he never really, like, he hasn't blown up in the NFL like you would expect a, sec- a high second-round pick to do. His potential is right. there, but he hasn't proven it on the field. DPJ, 
super solid. 830 yards last year, three touchdowns. I don't think he's ever going to be a you know bona fide star, but a solid receiver. What an elite quarterback like 2020 Deshaun Watson can do is turn those players and help them reach their full potential. If you tell me we get the Elijah Moore we thought we could get coming out of Ole Miss, that skill set on top of Amari Cooper, on top of DPJ, on top of a guy like Njoku, who if you could buy stock in a player, I'm telling you, Njoku's the guy to buy stock in this year on the Browns offense. I think he's going to put up an absolutely monster season, especially in the touchdown department. Maybe the yard's not as much. Watson will spread it around when they get to the red zone. I think Ford's going to be looking for 85 early and often. If Deshaun Watson is 2020 version of Deshaun Watson, this team is as good as any team in the AFC. And, you know, I'm not going to pick anyone to beat the Chiefs until someone knocks off Mahomes. It's still the Arrowhead Invitational in the AFC Championship. But this team on paper, this roster is absolutely good enough with, with that version of Deshaun Watson to compete and beat any team in the NFL. I have zero doubt in my mind about that. So you talked about the wide receiver group. Now, <clears throat> and, you know, Deshaun can help them reach their full potential. You know, if they do, you know, if they do, where does this unit rank? And, and, you know, have we overrated them at all? Like, where where are they at as we speak, do you think? Are they in the middle of the pack? Like, what as a whole, before we even see what Deshaun does with this group, where are where are they at as a, as, as a unit? I kind of go with the – I hate to say wait-and-see approach, but we just don't know with the majority of them. Like, we know exactly what Amari Cooper is. Amari Cooper – 15th to 20th best receiver in the NFL. Like, that's not a knock on him. That's just the reality of the situation. He's not a Jamar Chase guy. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's perfectly solid and a capable number one, but he's not a superstar yet, or at this point will never be a superstar, but he's a a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. Elijah Moore has all the talent. Marquise Goodwin, speedster. Cedric Tillman, in theory, is your big play, 6'3", you know, 215-pound jump ball receiver. DPJ is your third down, catch the ball, possession. Not going to have a lot of yak. He did show a little more uh, deep threat than I thought he had in him last year, but he's not a guy that's, I think, opposing defensive coordinators are kind of game planning around taking the top off defenses. So I think it's middle of the pack, but you look at the Chiefs real quick, and they're playing Thursday night, and Kelsey might not play now. He extended his knee. Like, look at that receiving court. Is anyone worried about the Chiefs' offense? No, they have Patrick Mahomes. Like, if Deshaun Watson is who we think Deshaun Watson can be, the receivers, they matter, but – you know, you're taking the Browns receiving core over the Chiefs receiving core, take out Kelsey every day of the week. We just don't look at them the same because we know exactly how good Patrick Mahomes is and Deshaun Watson's still a bit of a question mark. We, we I, I love that you just said that because in my head I do this all the time. We get so worked up about these positions. Tom Brady was winning a Super Bowl with the weirdest, smallest white dudes yeah. at wide receiver of all time. Essentially, yeah. Me. yeah. It was like five. It was like we, the four of us, were his wide receivers, and he's out there just winning Super Bowls, right? Like, <laughs> like, and, and and then you see guys come in and they can never win. Like the most elite, you know, Calvin Johnson, not through any fault of his own, that was way yeah. more organizational. But like, it's it's quarterback, and it's and it's just the basic level of competence that you have to have as an organization, and that's what wins games, man. Like that's. That is it. And that is, I mean, it's so rare to see an elite level quarterback that just doesn't pick up a Super Bowl in his, in his career. It's so rare. You know, we talk about like Dan Marino, but like that still stands out as Dan Marino. I mean, think about that. So like if Deshaun Watson is the elite and this is what, you know, going back to it. And again, I don't want this to just be like a straight interview of Mikey. I want everybody to chime in on their thoughts on this too. But like yeah. if Deshaun is Deshaun, 
and he's he's 2020 and he's top five in the league in pretty much every statistical category. There's no reason the Browns aren't pushing for a Super Bowl and this year. Yeah. That should have everybody worked up. That should have everybody worked yeah. up. That's why, and real quick, like that's why this game on Sunday of a culmination of this whole offseason is so exciting. Like, we're about to actually get an answer. It's not the definitive answer, but it's at least a little sneak peek of what this offense looks like. Because I'm not even confident I, I know what to expect. Like I have my premonitions. We're going to see a lot of empty backfields and stuff. But it's not going to look anything like we've seen the Browns run in the Kevin Stefanski era. Like He's never had a quarterback like this. We're going to see audibles at the line of scrimmage in a way that Jacoby Brissett certainly wasn't calling last year. And right. there's, so many, like, there's so many pieces of this puzzle that in my head – I kind of think I have an idea of how it'll play out. But if Kevin Spancy comes out and they run the ball 40 times, I'd be like, eh, I didn't see that coming, but yeah, it's Nick Chubb. Am I mad? Probably. Pro- I mean, yeah, I would actually, because I run <laughs> running the ball doesn't win the NFL anymore. But like in theory, whatever, I wouldn't be mad. If Jim Schwartz comes out and goes against every ounce of his tendencies and they blitz 60% of the time because they don't trust Joe Burrow's calf, it's not what I expect, but I'd also be like, okay, okay I so there are so many little nuances yeah. that happen on Sunday that I just, I just need to see it on the field. I run the simulation in my head 38,000 times, and it, <laughs> I think I know what's going to happen, but like, come, like, let's just play. Like, I wish it was tomorrow. I wish they played Save Thursday it. night. We're doing okay. predictions at the end. We're doing predictions okay. at the end. Okay. Well, it truly is, right? I mean, it, it truly is what you said. You hate to say wait and see, but it, it, it just kind of is, right? You played that scenario in your head over and over again, You know, how Deshaun's going to play. But we really don't know. We really don't no. know because this no. is this is really year one. This is really year one of him, right? Yeah. You know, those for, forget those last six games last season, right? It was just, yeah. it, it was, it was an anomaly. He was shaking the rust off. He was whatever. This this is like his first. This is his first full offseason of preparation. He's been able to 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 go into a, a full season now. So we are we're gonna get a little taste. You know, I I I totally agree with that, Mike. I, I'm trying not to get. Overexcited because it really is. I, I it could excited, be Chad. It could, it could be Stop 2020 it. Deshaun, or it could be I'm st- I, I could see flashes, but yeah. I'm still waiting for him to come to fruition. But yeah, yeah exactly. all right. So here's what I want to do, uh, Mikey. Mikey, we got you about another 10 minutes or so. So here's the deal. Uh, I want to get into the preview. I want to talk about this Browns Bengals game, but I do want to call out one other thing. I want to see if you guys have any ideas. I've got a guy in mind. Do you have any other guys on the team? that you think are breakout candidates for the Browns this season? Before we get into this specific game, do we have any guys, who's the first guy in your head that jumps off as like a breakout, this guy's going to have a huge season candidate? I'll start. I'll start. You guys think. I'll start. <laughs> Here's mine. I'm going to put him on here. Yeah. I think this I think this dude's about I think this dude's about to be a game-changing defensive player. I think he was that I think he's shown flashes of that. I think obviously he's got to stay healthy. I think that's the the concern is he's got to stay healthy. But Mikey, you brought up uh, the the fact that the defensive line is better this year. And I don't think that's going to help anybody more than this dude right here. And I think it's going to let him fly to the ball. I think it's going to let him make plays both in coverage and in the running game. And I think think JOK for me is the guy – I think he's going to show you like a true game-breaking linebacker where teams are desperately kind of getting away from linebackers at this point. I think he's going to bring it back to like, this dude's going to break games for teams uh, because of his ability. So he's he's my breakout candidate this year. 
so we had Dequel Jackson on every week last year, and DQ did not hold back on his thoughts on JOK. I'm not sure if you guys heard necessarily when he said it, but he's DQ has been the best Browns linebacker of the modern era, essentially. And he was like, I, I don't see how this guy plays. I just, I don't trust him. I don't trust his feet. I don't trust his instincts. And I'm, I'm five, nine, a buck 55. Like I've never been close to an NFL linebacker. But when Dequel Jackson says that, like I kind of tend to listen. Cause he just knows that in a way I never will. He works for the Browns now. And I still talk to DQ all the time. And he's like, yo, I, I was right last year, but I'm wrong this year. <laughs> he, he's like the way Schwartz is using him is going to open up what he actually does and he's he's like he won't ever blame Joe Woods but I'm reading between the lines and DeQuell didn't say this this is me reading between the lines and conversations I think he was like Joe, Joe Woods just wasn't using him right and I do think with the defensive tackles being significantly better this year this is a chance for JOK to show off why he was a second round pick the physical athletic talents fly through the roof it's just can he be at the right spot to make the plays when called upon? And last year he wasn't able to shed offensive guards, tackles, and centers who were in his face and still make a play. Hopefully we'll just be dealing with getting the ball to carry to the ground now. And that brings me to my guy real quick. Smaller name, not a starter. I think Mo Hurst is going to have a monster season. Now when he's played in his NFL career, Mo Hurst has been unbelievably productive. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and hopefully, I, you guys aren't like anti Mo Hurst train. But no, no, no. I no, 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 no I listened. I, I was listening to the last uh, uh, one of the last uh, behind the glass uh, episodes. I love Mo. Yeah, and I'm, you were I'm, just going on. You were all in on Mo Hurst. I'm all yeah. The, Is it the, the belly rub? The, you the, love the belly rub? He's back. It's all good. When he's played in his career, he's been extremely productive. It's just can he stay on the field? I think they're going to utilize him essentially as a third down defensive tackle pass rusher with Darius Smith, Miles Garrett, and either uh, Ogbo or Tomlinson next to him. That's going to open up one-on-one pass rush opportunity. Mm-hmm. Go look at his PFF pass rushing grades. I understand that that's not the end-all be-all. The dude is very difficult to block in one-on-one situations, and he's not just going to get one-on-one situations on this defensive line. He's going to get one-on-one defensive situations to pass rush against kind of the interior defender of his choice because you're not double-teaming him over Miles Garrett Darius Smith. You're going to mix those three around with Agua. What if you have him next to Miles Garrett? Well, yeah, the center is going to shift over that way and try to double-team Miles Garrett or at least chip him. And he's never – I think six is his career high in sacks. Like, that's a lot to ask from a defensive tackle to produce six when these other guys yeah. get to the quarterback. But I think, situationally speaking, he's going to make some big, big, big plays for this team down the stretch. And I think he's a guy who was a, a minimal signing at the time who could end up being an absolute steal for the Browns. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Uh, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think that they used him completely wrong in New York. And I think he's this hybrid player that the Browns have been missing. And I think, you know, like you said, I think Deshaun is going to make him better, uh, Mikey. And I think uh, Kevin Stefanski knows how to use him. I think he has great ideas on how to use him. We've seen him all over the formations in practice uh, and in the preseason when he has played. I think, uh, yeah, I think he has the potential to have have the breakout year that everybody's expecting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Well, nice. I, I, the way you just the way we see more a little bit. I'm not going to call him Debo Samuel. Don't get, don't think I'm being crazy just because I brought up the name. I'm not comparing him to Debo Samuel, but I'm comparing him to the way that 49ers unlocked Debo Samuel a couple years ago, where they were putting him in the backfield. They were putting him in the slot. They were putting him out wide. They were getting him the ball in a ton of creative ways. And in the preseason, it was like the one flashy thing the Browns showed us in the preseason yep. is that they're going to try to get Elijah Moore the ball in a lot of creative different ways. 
And I'm excited for that. Can I ask you guys a question real quick about Elijah Moore? Yeah, of course. So if he's not – essentially, if he's not good this year, I'm just never going to believe anything I see on Twitter again. And, th- <laughs> and there's, a real, there's a real chance that he's not – like the Jets traded him for not a lot. And, you know, that's a team that's done a pretty good job of evaluating receivers. Now, I think he'll be good. Trust me. Like this is not me saying I don't think he'll be good. But I feel like as a fan base, and including a lot of us in the media, we have – set the expectation in the bar for Elijah Moore so high this year that even if he has a good season, he may not meet our own personal expectations. So whoever wants to go, like, like chime in. But in your mind, what, what does Elijah Moore have to do to be successful this season based on your own expectations? I don't think stat – for me, stats don't matter with Elijah Moore. Okay. Yeah. For me, stats don't matter, right? I, I, uh, stats matter with Amari Cooper. He's got to be your number one wide receiver. Uh, and to even an extent, stance, because he's going to be an outside wide receiver, and that's the only place he can play, stats matter with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He has to be productive. Yeah. To me, stats don't matter as much with Elijah Moore. He has to be reliable. He has to be a guy that makes a play when he needs to make a play. He can't, you know, he can't be dropping a bunch of passes. He can't be... Because I feel like they're going to get him in open spaces a lot. I think, you know, Kevin Stefanski is really good at scheming wide receivers into open spaces. I think they're going to get him into open spaces a lot. Um, he just has to, to me, he just has to make plays. I mean, I feel, I feel like to have that third guy out there that you just know is going to make plays is going to be such a difference for the Browns offense. Yeah. I, so yeah, I, I go ahead. Go just ahead. be reliable. Just be reliable. Yeah, I think that I think in my eyes, I think that's what's going to consider be considered a successful season for him is, you know, I'm not worried about because I know there's there's a ton of miles to feed on this Browns offense, right? Between Chubb, between Cooper, between Njoku, you know, for me, as long as Moore is making the most out of his touches, however many touches that is per game, I, I'm going to be happy. I'm, I'm that's that's going to be, you know, a successful season for me, for him is, you know, he's he's. He's looked at as this electric player that's going to be able to make plays whenever he touches the football. So as long as he's making the most out of his touches, then yes, I am. I, I'm perfectly fine with whatever the numbers are at the end of the year. So that's that's in my own personal opinion. That's what I think would be a, a good season for Elijah. I literally think he could finish the year with like 600 yards and like three or four touchdowns. But we could all be like, hey, and that was a pretty good year. And like, like, and like most likely like yeah. 250 yards rushing, too. I mean, he has yeah, yeah. in his career, he's got 984 receiving yards, you know, right. about 500 per season. So if he goes for 650, it'd be a career year for Elijah Moore. But I just feel yeah. like some of the expectations I see coming from, you know, Twitter, whatever, wherever it comes from, is like Elijah Moore's a third round pick in fantasy. And I'm just like, like, let's. No. Who knew? No, no. Back that thing <laughs> off. Back that yeah. thing off. Yeah, just, just, just give it a sec. And, and I hope he does. Like, I hope he. Dad. Hey, well, uh, that was Mikey McNuggets, everybody. Whoa, Thank Mikey you so much. Is, All righty. Is, the, the best thing about Mikey McNuggets is you never know when he's coming and going. You yeah, never I, know. I, uh, <laughs> hey. I, went, I went to click on the – that, that's me being a, a literate dumbass. I went to go uh, <laughs> click on the, the tab to pull up his rushing stats, and I just – that was a Gmail account instead. So my I was like, wow, he had a timer on this thing. He's like, the fuck this, I'm out. No, I, listen, I, I got to, I got till about ten o'clock. So this is um, as long as I'm done by ten, we're all good. But that is my bad, my bad on that. I'll drink to that. But yeah, I just feel like Elijah Moore is rightfully so been hyped up so much in this office. I, I'm worried for him 
that he could have a good season and in our eyes be like, he played pretty damn good. Yeah. But people are like, he only had 700 yards, like, oh, waste of a pick. And, and that, that's not yeah, fair nah. to him. Like, because right. we are the ones that yeah. have put this expectation of, you know, he's Debo Samuel, but he's he's not. Or, or he hasn't proven that he is yet, is a better way to put right. it. Yeah, and again, I want to go back to my Debo Samuel comment. I wasn't saying that he's going to be Debo right. Samuel. Right, you're saying I'm just he's saying Debo. Use Got him, it, Mike. Got use it. him like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, well, that listen, goes back to the quarterback, I, I, though, right? Doesn't that come back to the quarterback? I mean, look what he had in, in, in New York. He had Zach Wilson and, and Mike White and who, whoever else was was thrown to him, right? So, I mean, Deshaun could very well help his, uh, you know, successful season, I guess, right? I hope so. Better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. None of that is going to matter. If the offense is going right, then none of it's going to matter because maybe Amari Cooper's stats come back a little bit because he's not the only guy that that they feel comfortable throwing the ball to. And if the ball is getting spread around the way they want it to, if we're looking at 17 to 18 carries a game for Nick Chubb, which, again, get ready for that because that's what's coming, 17 to 18 carries a game for Nick Chubb, but also maybe getting him a couple touches in the passing game because I know they want to focus on that more. Uh, if they're spreading the ball around to Goodwin and Najoku and and Moore and DPJ and Cooper, if it's efficient and effective, maybe nobody has a monster year on that group. Maybe they all are just really good at the same time. That'd be great. It's very possible. We so we do a segment. Great. On, we do a segment on the show. We call it No Fence Riders, where essentially I, I give the guys two options. It's usually yes or no. And you can't ride the fence. You get your, your hard stance, yes, or your hard stance, no. Pick a side. Like, you can't get, well, if this happens. And last week I asked, well, the Browns have three receivers with 700 receiving yards this year. Which, in your mind, like, oh, well, Cooper's got it. Elijah Moore, DPJ at 800 last year, and Joku. But only three teams last year had three receivers with 750-plus yards. Like, it's it's a weird thing where it's not a big yeah. number in your head, but the the evenness of a passing attack isn't often spread out that way. So, I mean, can you guys see three guys? I, I said no. A couple of guys in the show said yes. I went with no just because I think it's it's tough. It involves a lot of guys staying healthy too. But can you guys see three different Browns having 750-plus this year? I want to say yes. no. I'll, I'll say yes. Look at this. This yeah, is no. working for y'all. I'll say no. Exactly yeah. what works. I, I think there's, there's, it's too, there's too many people to spread the ball out to. Uh, I think there's too many options. I, I don't see I, – I think you have your reliable Cooper, and I think – Probably Njoku is going to be next on that list, but I don't know. I don't know if Elijah is going to get there, um, and I don't think GPJ is going to get there this year. I'm also going to say no, but I am going to say that they're going to have two 1,000 yard pass receivers because I, I, my, my go out on a limb. He's been better every year he's been in the league. Every year he's been in the league, he's gotten better. I think DPJ goes over a thousand yards this year. I'd be shocked if that happened. I'll be honest. Uh, everybody would. Everybody would, everybody would, but he keeps getting better. He still has faults. He's not the best route runner. He's not the best at getting open, but man, is he good at contested catches and he's turning himself into more of a deep threat. I personally go Amari Cooper, DPJ over a thousand yards, and then maybe a couple guys at or above that 600 uh, 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 yard area. That's where I think it goes. If I was betting, I, w- I would say Njoku it ends up being second on the Steven receiving yards this year. I, I, I would love that. I, I just think he's absolutely due for yeah. a monster season. I, I'm probably drinking some Kool-Aid right now on that, but <laughs> I, I, I truly believe that of all the guys, you look at their stats last year to this year, the biggest statistical jump 
in this offense, and I'm taking out Elijah Moore because he wasn't here. But even if you add him in, it's going to be in Joku. I think he's going to be close to a thousand yeah. and double digit touchdowns. That was my, that was my breakout player of uh, oh, the yeah. season. We never even did. Hey, Joe, welcome back. That's all right. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Joe's on the pod, everyone. I'm here. Hey, Joe. Good to see you. I would, uh, I would pay yeah. for that. I've been dying. What does Njoku have to do to be that guy? Uh, Joe, your lips to God's ears, man. Please let that happen. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, Mikey. You're cool with hanging out for a little bit longer. Let's talk about. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this game specifically. This game, the Browns and the Bengals. Let's talk about some key matchups, and let's at the end of it get to our prediction for this game. So, uh, first of all, let's talk Browns defense against Bengals offense because as much as we want to talk about the Browns offense, here come the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't know what Joe Burrow is going to be feeling like with that uh, with that calf. Those are injuries that tend to linger a little bit, so he's probably not going to be feeling great out there. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking about the West, the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I mean, is that a, is anybody arguing that at this point? I mean, that's I, I the best wide receiver room in the NFL. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. So you've got the best receiver group in the NFL. You've got a weird transition they made at tight end to Irv Smith, which I'm not really concerned about too much. And you got Joe Mixon and. It's a good offense. And now you got Jim Schwartz and a very similar defense from the linebackers back to the defensive backs uh, with the addition of Juan Thornhill and Rodney McLeod, who will play. And then you've got this revamped Browns defensive line. Let's talk about that matchup. Mikey, Browns defense, Bengals offense. All right. Full disclosure, I, I love Joe Burrow. Like We I all do. Everybody I, does. Yeah. Like So I think it's Mahomes. In his tier by himself, I think it's Burrow in a tier by himself, and I think there's a lot of guys in that third tier. And tiers two and three are closer than one and two, but I think Burrow's special. The Bengals brought in Orlando Brown to sure up their left tackle position. It's the best left tackle Joe Burrow's ever had. Yep. I think, and I'm going to go into this game with the impression that if Joe Burrow wasn't 100% or damn near close to 100%, he would not play. Like the Bengals have no gain in, in trying to win this game if it was going to put the long-term health of Joe Burrow on the line. Like, they lost their first two games last year. Burrow got sacked nine times. They ended up winning the division. To me, this says Joe Burrow is damn near close to 100%. He'll be moving around fine in the pocket, and that causes a lot of problems for the Cleveland Browns. Denzel Ward's the concussion protocol. Will he play? My gut says no, but there's a chance. If he doesn't play, I think they're still fine trying to cover uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. The issue is... Well, you go from having Denzel, uh, not the, uh, having Greg Newsom in the slot to either Mike Ford or the guy they just picked off the Chiefs practice squad. And Tyler Boyd's a, Tyler Boyd's a damn good third receiver. Yes. And what Joe Burrow does best, he's going to find the open guy. He's like Tom Brady in that sense. He's not just going to force feed Jamar Chase if he's not open. He will pick and, uh, you know, pick and choose you to death on underneath routes if that's what you're allowing them to take. So he gets the ball out quick. The Browns defensive line is phenomenal. I think it's a pretty even match, but if I had to give a little bit of an edge, I would say the Browns defense has the slightest of edges just because I do think if you can disrupt the line of scrimmage, which I do think they'll be able to do, you can make life a living hell for any quarterback. And as mobile as Joe Burrow is when he's healthy, I think maybe he's a tiny bit hindered. He can't run away from Miles Garrett forever. He can't run away from Zadarius Smith forever. 
At some point, my guy Mohurst is going to make a play. You can book that right now. Bet over on half a stack for Mohurst. I promise you that's free money. Uh, don't actually do that. I think we get sued if you promise free money. Yeah, don't, but, no, 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 no. But, <laughs> but I will personally bet that myself. I give a slight edge, but like you're, you're splitting. Hey, if you want to tell me that you trust the, the Bengals receivers and Joe Burrow more than you trust the Browns pass rush, I'm going to have a hard time arguing with you. But, oh, for sure. But – I live in Cleveland. I'm looking at Brown Stadium as we speak. I'm going with Miles Garrett and those guys. I just think it's a little different this year. And it's at home for the Browns. So I give them a slight, yeah. slight edge. I'd like to call Serge out on this comment because I think we all should do this. Serge in the comment says, on Sunday yes. when first makes any kind of a play, I'm just hollering, McNuggets! <laughs> I, I fully endorse that, Serge. I fully endorse that. Voice, uh, anything, anything to add to what Mikey said there? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I, w- I would agree. Uh, just giving a slight edge. You know, the Browns have had a lot of success against the Bengals over the last couple of years. Uh, and the thing that makes me nervous, it, one of the things that makes me nervous is Denzel has been a big part of that success yeah. over the last couple of years. Yes, and he's been able to cover. <laughs> And stick with Jamar Chase over those last couple of years. So it, it makes me nervous if he's not able to go Sunday. But when I look at how much uh, Miles Garrett has been able to disrupt uh, Joe Burrow uh, over the last few years, right? And and thinking about who he had on the other side of him, Chase Winovich, or you know whoever else was on the other yeah. side. And they were still able to get to Burrow and have that much success against him. Even if Orlando Brown is able to contain Miles, the likes of Zadarius Smith, Okoronkwo, right? Uh, Tomlinson, Shelby Harris. They're they're gonna get they're gonna Maurice get Hurst. Maurice Hurst. Don't forget Maurice Hurst. Hurst. Maurice Hurst. Don't forget Hurst. Maurice Hurst. Have sack. <laughs> bet it. Bet it. Uh, but not that. But only if you want to. Yes. yes only if you um No, he. Uh, I. I think this. I think this line is gonna get to Joe Burrow, and they're gonna get to Joe Burrow a lot on Sunday. So yeah, I would. I would give that slight edge to the defense. Can I? Yeah. Can I give you guys one stat on Miles Garrett real quick that yeah. blew my mind when I was researching this morning? In five games against Joe Burrow, he's got nine sacks and 30 pressures. Yeah. <laughs> 30, pre- 30 pressures. Yeah. He averages 1.8 sacks and six pressures per game when he's playing Joe Burrow. Right. Like, wow. Take take that for what it is. Like For whatever right. reason, he owns Joe Burrow. He owns the Bengals' offensive line. They brought in Orlando Brown literally to stop Joe Burrow from killing Miles uh, – from Miles Garrett from killing Joe Burrow uh, <laughs> in a football sense. I'm just going with that guy. Like At the end of the day – those numbers tell the story, right? You got to block that guy. And if you're going to put three guys on that guy, the Browns now have four other guys to get after you in a different way. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling yeah. the dice with that. And I also think the fact that we haven't seen Jim Schwartz's defense, like with this full s- set of defensive players yet, yes. right. there is a little bit of an unknown. Historically, he, he's run yeah. the same stuff for you know 20 plus years, but there is a little bit of unknown that the, the Bengals won't be able to game plan for as far as what Jim, Jim Schwartz is bringing to this Browns defense. Well, I think the good news, uh, as far as what you were just talking about, Mikey, and people don't like to hear this until they realize that it's a good thing. Uh, Jim Schwartz and Joe Woods do not run drastically different defenses. Even yeah. scheme-wise, similarities, uh, what they like to do is very similar. Jim Schwartz is just way better at clarifying and teaching his guys what to do. That was Woods's downfall. Uh, uh, let's go to the other side of the ball real quick. Uh, and let's go to, uh, and Joe, uh, jump in here. But let's go to... Uh, and a real interesting thing. We're talking about what we don't know. We don't know Deshaun Watson 
but we're going to assume he's going to be awesome on this podcast. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns offense, Nick Chubb. Finally, we're going to see Nick Chubb. We're going to see the full array of offense out there, the offensive line, which, by the way, when the healthy guys have have been healthy in this preseason, they've looked great. Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, those guys. Uh, against a, uh, an interesting Bengals defense, a really good front four, that Bengals defensive line is really, really good. Really, really good. Reader and Hill and 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 their their pass rushers are awesome, uh, but they like got rid of their best players in the defensive backfield and replaced them with not guys that are probably going to be their best players. Uh, so an interesting situation they've got going on. Guys are going to have to learn learn the philosophy there in Cincinnati. So let's talk about Browns offense and Bengals defense. Joe, you go first. Yeah, I, I think I, I think yeah, like you said, Mike. The front four is phenomenal for the Bengals. I think there's going to be a lot of quick outs, a lot of quick passes uh, to get the ball out before pressure gets to Deshaun um, uh, in the game. Um, I honestly don't know a ton about the Bengals' defense, so I'm going to defer. <laughs> oh, deferring. Jet? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, outside of that front four, if, 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 this, uh, if this offensive line has – really kind of developed because you could tell when Deshaun was playing last year, they were having a little trouble adjusting to blocking for a mobile quarterback. I mean, they're just, they just haven't been used to it. I mean, you've had Baker, you've had Jacoby, not, not guys who really are, are, are going to scramble a whole lot. So I, I think this offensive line has had a whole off season to adjust. And I think they're going to, um, I, I think they're going to be successful. If they can contain that front four. Deshaun's going to be able to sit back there and pick this defense apart because you look at that Bengals defense, three new guys in the secondary. I, we, I mean, granted, we don't know, you know what they're going to be like this year and with the uncertainty in the unit, but I'm just going to put my trust in Deshaun and, and he's going to be able to spread the football That's around a lot, about. spread the football around a lot uh, uh, on Sunday. So yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns with the Browns offense. It's funny that the the wide receivers of Cleveland are where I have my biggest question mark on this offense and the Bengals secondaries where they have their biggest question mark. So it's yeah. almost an unknown on an unknown in that regard. But right. I look at this Browns offense and I look at – I try to put myself in Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator's head. Try to think, if I was trying to stop this defense, what would I do? Do I put eight in the box and do I take my chances that this new revamped secondary can shut down more DPJ Cooper or do I – play soft coverage and hope Kevin Stefanski is going to not take what I give him and try to throw the ball more than he really should. And I think the answer is Deshaun Watson's so smart that if they play two deep safeties, he's going to check to a run. Yeah. And I had a chance to uh, chat with David and Joku yesterday at the guardians game. I, I ran into him before the first pitch Jeez. and it was a super quick conversation. He's a good dude. The way he talked about Deshaun Watson he called him a savant. Not that I didn't believe in it before, but like now I just fully am immersed that this he just sees the game in a different way than most players. And there's a reason why he was so good in 2020 and before, you know, national champion in college, high school, state champion. Uh did have the playoff success in Houston, but whatever. That's not, you know, just on him. I think it's gonna be a chess match between Stefanski's offensive mind. Anna Rumo's defensive line, and then the queen on the board is Deshaun Watson. And I'm just going to rock with Deshaun Watson. So, once again, I, I think it's splitting hairs, and I know it's a cop-out answer because I'm not giving you anything definitive, but I think Deshaun Watson's the queen. And in that sense, like, he's going to be able to check into whatever is best for the Browns. And I like their chances, at least on paper, 
if Deshaun Watson's the guy who's putting them in the best situation to move the ball downfield and score. All right, boys, let's send it around really quick uh, so we can get Mikey out of here. But let's go. Final score predictions. Week one, Bengals at Browns at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Uh, place is going to be rocking. Uh, so let's go. Final score predictions. Mikey, start us off. So I said a couple months ago that I didn't care who the Browns week one opponent was. I was going to pick the Browns to smoke them because I think <laughs> that there has been 14 months now of Deshaun Watson buildup in this offense of just pure unknown that other teams can't game plan for. Then it was the Bengals, and I was like, crap, they're not going to destroy the Bengals. It just it, it would not happen like that. But I still think they win. I'm going to pick the Browns to beat the Bengals 31 to 24 in a close game. But it becomes closer at the end. I, I think it's a 10-point game for the majority of the game. Since he scores late to make it kind of close, Watson and company run the clock out, and Chubb gets 20 carries plus the win. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't. don't. <laughs> I had a T.O. for something. I had a T.O. Damn something. it. It's the worst stat in football. It really is the worst stat in don't, football. Don't, but Don't. Don't. <laughs> had to throw a grenade in the, in the fire. Before yeah, you did. All right, Joe, <laughs> final score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 28-24 Browns. I, I think when we did the schedule game a couple weeks back, I had picked the Bengals for week one. Um, but – I don't think – I mean, even though we think Joe Burrow might be near 100%, I, I still think he's not going to be in full form quite yet. Um, missed a lot of valuable camp time. Um, I'm sure he's not going to be as mobile as he was in the past uh, when healthy. So I, I think I think we got a little bit of an edge on this one. I'm switching. All right, Joe goes with the Browns. Chad? If Denzel Ward plays, it's 35-21 Browns. Woo. If Denzel Ward doesn't play – I think Browns uh, – I think – either way, I think the Browns build a big lead in the first half, but the Bengals come back in a second. I think it's – if Denzel Ward doesn't play, it's be 35-27 Browns. Let's go. Either way. Either way, let's go. I've had it I've had it the whole way, 31-21 Browns. I think the Bengals are slow starters notoriously. I think Joe Burrow doesn't feel good. I think Joe Burrow – I think Miles Garrett is a player that is a little bit in Joe Burrow's head. I don't think there are many of those players in the NFL, but Miles Garrett is one of them based yeah. on the stats that Mikey McNuggets gave us before, 30 pressures in five games. And yeah. I, I, I don't think he likes playing the Cleveland Browns. No, I don't think he does either because, I mean, you could if you just watch those games, I don't think there's another team that you watch the Bengals game where Burrow just bails out. You yeah. know, like whenever yeah. he sees Miles coming, he just bails out. So I'll, I'm going. I'll okay, tell you guys Mike. this on that point real quick. Bull is a Bengals fan, doesn't hide it. And he said today on the show, he's like, Joe Burrow versus the Browns is not Joe Burrow versus the other 30 teams in the NFL. That's it. For whatever reason. And he's like, I can't pinpoint it. There is a little difference. And he watches every throw he throws also. Like, it's not, oh, you just tune in for Joe Burrow. He's on national TV. Bull watches every snap, every game. He said today, there's a little difference in how he plays against the Browns versus the other 30 teams in the NFL. And I hope that trend continues on Sunday afternoon. I'm gonna tr I'm gonna try to pinpoint it for it, pinpoint it for him. It's called Miles Garrett, and, and I think that's the issue. <laughs> so hey, listen, Mikey McNuggets, get out of here. Go do whatever you're gonna do the rest of the night. But check out Mikey as the lead producer, and you'll see him. You see his face a bit on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You guys do an awesome job over there. We love Appreciate the guys it. you work with. Say hi to all the guys over there that know us uh, a little bit. Uh, for us, uh, and I'm sure we're probably going to reach out to all of them soon as well. Uh, but you guys do an awesome job. And also check out Mikey on the Behind the Glass show that happens on YouTube, part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show family. Mikey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having a good time with us. Thank you for drinking a beer with us. 
and let's do this again, uh, either during the season or, or down the line a little bit. All right. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. I finished. Well, I didn't get to two. I finished one though. So, uh, I did my due diligence and I gotta go to bake something. I gotta be at work in about eight hours. So all right, man. Oof. Peace. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks. See you. Mikey McNuggets, ultimate Cleveland sports show. What a good dude, man. Uh, and he's good at this. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, sometimes you, you you look at like, oh, we're going to bring a guy on. He's the producer of a show. And you're like, oh, well, is the producer of a show going to be like, is there a reason he's behind the behind, not behind the mic or, you know, not on screen? No, Mikey's awesome. Mikey's awesome. Make sure you check out the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Uh, it's a great show with, again, a bunch of our a bunch of our friends over there. Jay Crawford, Adam, the bull, uh, just really good, really good people. So, um now, boys, let's get into the rest of our episode. We've got a, a few more things that I want to hit on, so we might go a little past our 1030 time, but uh, hang with us. Hang with us. and uh, Got a fun uh, game at the end here, too. And, yeah, Chad's Ooh, got a yes, game, so that's, right? why we might, that's why we might go past. Chad's got a game at the end that he's going to oh try to God. make us look stupid. But before we get to that, now that we're done with our first segment, uh, let's go into our next segment uh, one of our favorites, and this segment is our asshole of the week. <laughs> I can't help but laugh because I've got such a good one here for this. But oh no, I'll, is it me again? Uh, no, it's not. It's not Joe. It's not Joe. I'm gonna go yes. first again, though. I'm gonna go first. Go, right, I'm go. gonna go first. Go go go. So again, our asshole of the week. Somebody or a group of people or something that's just kind of an asshole that deserves to be called out. We're gonna talk about it. I, I have a feeling Serge Serge just put one in the comments, and I have a feeling is gonna get brought up in this. But I'm gonna wait. My asshole of the week. <laughs> my asshole of the week is literally an asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a literal human asshole. What? Why? Did you guys read this story about this flight that was going to Spain? Oh, like across, <laughs> across the ocean. Yes. And like two oh. hours into this flight, some dude. <laughs> some, yeah. Some dude on this flight to Spain. Going across the ocean. Every- Massive <laughs> diarrhea. Everywhere. And, and asshole of the week. It's not just asshole of the week. It's asshole failure. It's a total failure of the asshole. He unleashed diarrhea <laughs> all over <laughs> the airplane. And apparently he like panicked and started running up and down the aisle. <laughs> and like, oh, no. like where was, was he going to go? Was, it was everywhere. It, there, there was a, a video got posted. I, I saw it on Barstool. A video got posted, and when you look at the aisle, it was just covered. Like, front to back of the plane, there's just diarrhea everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel oh, bad for the guy because, no. because one, now you've got to turn this plane around because you're not going to fly another, like, six hours with diarrhea no. all over the plane. So you got to turn this plane around. Those people had to sit there for, like, two hours with diarrhea just stuffed onto the plane. Uh, <laughs> and then this poor guy... This poor guy is at, you know, he's got to feel bad now because it was it was his asshole acting like an asshole, unable to control himself, <laughs> and it caused an entire flight delay. So that poor guy is my asshole of the week. Yikes. Jesus. Yep. Joey, oh, what do you got? That. Um, I'm going to go with the Guardians slash Lucas Giolito. Yikes. Uh, Man, and Mike, you and I talked about this over the weekend. Like, you had to sweep Minnesota to we were five games out after the Tampa Bay series. You had to sweep Minnesota <laughs> to have a chance at catching up to them. 
And what do they do? Go out and get slacked. 18 to 2. Was that the final? 20. They gave up 20. Oh, 20, 20 to 2. Sorry. Sorry. Tonight, 8 to 3 loss. Uh, that season's over. It's done. Oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. You're seven but games behind Minnesota now. Buried six feet deep. Um, man, it's just so frustrating because oh, that Tampa's my series was fun. You're done. Hey, hey guys. Well, I would have even said, you know, Joe, I I said they have to sweep the twins. But if they would have taken two out of three from the twins, I'd have been like, sure. okay, I mean, like, all right, we're still no, no it's funeral time for the Cleveland Guardians. It's and done. it's sad because I believe it's also gonna be the final game at the end of the season. It'll be the final game that we see of Tito Francona. He really is dropping the hints. Uh, uh, yeah. big time right now talking about his health, talking about not going on and telling people that he's had that conversation within the organization. Um, oh, that sucks that we're going to have to have a whole podcast. I feel on that because yeah, the fact that you had Terry Francona here for as long as you did, what about 10 years, 10 years, was it 10 years, 11 years, something like that. Yeah, 10, and you 11. didn't, you didn't win. Made it to one. Like, I really, series. I really only really one year where you made a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. but I felt like man, Terry Francona comes with world series titles and it didn't happen for Cleveland. And that really sucks, but yeah. yep. Total assholes for being what they were this year. Chad. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with people who come to a complete stop before making a turn. Yeah. Like just people just, just, just slow down to probably just like a, like an inchworm. Oh, and, like, and like, but they don't have uh, to. Yeah, like, yeah, when they don't have to, when they're just making it. a turn down a street, and it feels like they just to comp- make their car come to a complete stop before turning. I do that and to piss just, off the person behind me. Yeah, it's just like if you're getting tailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an, asshole, an asshole thing to do. What an <laughs> asshole! I've already been. I've already been an asshole the week though, so it's you know it checks out. Yeah, right. So I do. I I do think we should give an honorary asshole of the week. Uh, uh, and, and I think it'll lead us into our next thing because I want to talk, you know, I had a couple other things to talk about. I think we're going to skip over them. We can wait a little bit on these. I wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that the blue jackets and the Cavs are going to get going, talk about what they've done in their off seasons. We can talk about that a little bit later, Joe, you just, uh, eulogized, I almost said euthanized, which would have been fine too. Yeah. He died. You just, you just eulogized the guardians. That's fine. We don't need to talk about them more. And we'll get to Chad's game here in a little bit, but I do want to talk about the fact that really this last weekend was the first real week of college football. I know we had week zero the yeah. weekend before. That doesn't mean shit. I don't give a shit about the games that happened on week zero because the <laughs> no. real thing that happened week one, and I think a guy that we would want to incorporate in our asshole of the week is this piece of shit right here. Fuck Not that guy. The guy on the right. This piece of Fuck shit. Fuck that guy. This piece, Mr. Holier-than-thou. Mr. Well, I built my program, my program. I built my whole program on the NIL, but it's not the way you think. It's not in name, image, and likeness. It's in the name of the Lord's image and likeness. Shut the fuck mm. up, you stupid asshole. It's oh, called football. You just lost to Duke. There were like 38 <laughs> people there. You just lost to Duke. Suck it. All those people showed up after halftime. Yeah, what they were more... They were all like, yeah, but I got to study. So, like, I, I don't really want to go. you need to know about this jackass is that. When he's running out onto the field by himself. Over here, over here, over here. Over here. Wait for Wait, it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And he's, like, not running with his team. 
he has to like make it all about him at the beginning of the game. Yep. Like it's fuck all that guy, about dude. him. It's you ever all seen about the him. show? I, you ever seen the show Righteous Gemstones on HBO? Or yes. Or, you know, that's Davos Winnie. Yes. <laughs> he is literally oh. part of part of the Gemstones congregation. <laughs> the most hypocritical dude. The most. He fights tooth and nail. I don't want my guys getting paid. I don't. These are supposed to be students' kids. Oh, am I going to take a seven hundred billion dollar pay raise? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure, of course. I'll be I'll be the highest paid person in the entire state of South Carolina for sure, for sure, for sure. Right. Yeah. But these this kid that's nineteen that's trying to buy like a Big Mac. No, 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 no. He should not have money. Right. Fuck right. this guy. I cannot stand this guy. I cannot stand his fake. Everything about him, everything about him is fake. And to watch him have to walk off that field last night as these dookies, basically Cameron crazies, were storming the field after they they didn't just get beat by Duke. They got dominant. There was it wasn't even a game. So many nerds yeah. getting laid that night. Ugh. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, calculus. Oh, yes. It's just. Uh, forget this guy. This guy is, uh, I, I, th- all right, real quick, real quick. Just give me a list of like three of your least, your most hated people in all of sports. Oh God. Wow. Well, I mean, Dabo's uh, up there. Dabo's one. Brian Kelly's the second. Ooh, Brian Perfect. Kelly. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about another guy. Talk about Brian Kelly. Another guy that got his teeth kicked in. Stupid <laughs> idiot. Another. <laughs> I can't stand that guy either. I can't stand Brian Keller Kelly either. You started talking with a, a, a you tried to start talking with a Louisiana accent because you got hired as the coach of LSU. You are such a douche. Yeah. 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 And the and the way you leave your programs high and dry and then oh. and, yeah, you're pretty high and dry. And then the way you were, were talking shit about Florida State, how you're basically gonna kick their ass and then you blame it on other people after the game. Fuck yourself, dude. Yeah. All right. You said Urban. Yeah, Urban's a good one. Urban. He went to the Jags and kicked to the kicker. That was fucking cool yeah. of him. What a yeah. Douche. Then he was creeping on a young girl again. Oh, yeah. was again? The, oh, yeah. a pregame show. Yeah, like the, the Fox pregame show. Is there video? Is there video of him having there a is online. full yeah. up her ass? <laughs> no, no. No, he was not checking her oil. He was not <laughs> checking her oil. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up our one of our favorites, Bryson DeChambich. Oh fuck that guy! Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yelling at a cameraman because he was um. Come recording. on, you're doing your job. Come recording. on, just screaming at a camera guy. Or yeah. my favorite, the greatest clip in golf history is when Bryson DeChambeau got choked out by a rope because <laughs> yeah. he couldn't yeah. climb under it, and then he blamed everybody oh, else and then cried yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh that guy sucks. <laughs> the funny thing is, all these people have nothing to do with like Cleveland or Ohio sports, right? Like. You brought up Roethlisberger. That's a good one. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Just downright annoying. That's all they are. Yeah. Dabo's on that list, though. Dabo's on that list. Fuck this guy. Anyway, so Clemson, they were ranked number nine in the country. They get absolutely destroyed by Duke. Let's swing it over to our team that we cover, our team that we talk about a lot, Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Ohio State, Indiana. and, And I'll be honest with you guys. This game looked exactly like I thought this game was going to look. Yeah, same here. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Kyle McCord. Look, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm not, here's my thing. I'm not 
offensively, this game didn't make me change my mind about the team at all. I'm not going to judge McCord on his first game. C.J. Stroud looked really pedestrian in his first ever game against Minnesota. Right. I'm not going to judge McCord based on his first ever game on the road at a Big Ten opponent. I'm not judging him on that. I love the fact that they I, – I said this before, guys. I love that they gave themselves the buffer this week. They get Youngstown State. Now you can come out and let this thing loose. Yeah. Right. You got Youngstown State. Before you got to play Notre Dame, who looks really good so far. Yeah, yeah. they do. But now well, you, you got another a game in between that, too. You got two games. Is it two games? Is Notre Dame week four? Yeah, you got Youngstown State and I believe Western Kentucky after that. Same thing. Same yeah. concept. So, yep. listen, uh, my, my, the only thing I wanted to say about this Ohio State game, one, offensively, did not change my mind about the team at all. I think by the time by the time they hit Notre Dame, I think offensively they should be rolling a little bit. Yeah. And I think McCord should be looking pretty good. Defensively, however, um, really think that this could be a special year defensively for the Buckeyes. They yeah. were yeah. awesome. And, and they weren't just awesome because they were playing Indiana. And I want to be clear on that because you can tell. You can tell when it's just, oh, your opponent sucks. And Indiana's not good. But, man, were they – the speed – it mm-hmm. felt like every time a guy made a tackle, there was another guy there ready to make a tackle. Right. They were flying to the ball. They were uh, – those linebackers are great. That defensive line looks good, and even the defensive backs look good. Defensively, I think the the Ohio State Buckeyes are for real this year. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I know it wasn't yeah. the blowout people wanted, but I'm pretty happy going on the road to a Big Ten opponent and beating them the way they did Indiana. I'm very happy with that week one with a brand new quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I really have to say about the only thing I really have to say about the offense, right? You're breaking in a new quarterback and you're breaking in a new offensive line. Yeah. It it makes perfect sense to be as conservative as they were offensively. Yeah. Right. You, I mean, you, you, you need to get the motor running. I mean, I was watching something. It was Devere Posey uh, made a great comment on our uh, on our friends Brian Browning and Chimney Check was podcast yes uh, saying most of these guys you know your 16 year old uh, is going to get their license at some point right and they just need to start driving they you're not allowed, you're not going to allow them to go a, a whole ton of places after they first get their license right. but then the more comfortable they get the older they get yeah sure you can go stay your fr- the night at your friend's house yeah sure you can go you know to the movies by yourself yeah, it's just going to keep advancing these next two weeks. These next two weeks. And don't forget, college football, is I think, is the only major sport that doesn't have a preseason. So these next two weeks are basically the preseason for the Buckeyes, right? So they have two weeks to get to get themselves right. And they're just going to keep adding more and more. And it's these next two weeks are a chance for McCord and the offense to get comfortable and that defense to just continue dominating. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned at all about the non-blowout because – it makes all the sense in the world why uh, Ryan Day and Brian Hartline went conservative in this game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, a couple other quick things in college football before we get to Chad's game to wrap up our show. Uh, one, I didn't put a picture up, but um, that Florida State LSU game. Dude. One, LSU looked like shit. Florida State is back. I'm going to wait on that. Mm. I think it's a really good start. I think it's a really good start. But remember, remember that since Joe Burrow left LSU, 
they've not had great years. They've not had great years. I don't, I think LSU might have come into the season a bit overrated. Sure. Well, so I, I hate I'm not, preseason I, rankings too. I don't want to get started on yeah. preseason rankings, but I'm yeah. I'm not ready to say like Florida State is like a contender yet. But they looked really good, uh, and we'll see. I, I also think LSU might just kind of suck. This I year. don't know if they're a contender yeah. yet, but dude, they are back. That is the most physical football team I've watched in, in years. In years, and if they if they continue to bully people, like they're going to kick the shit out of Clemson. I mean, if they continue to play the way they did, they're going They're going to the playoff. They are going to the playoff. Well, yeah. Hey, listen, especially in that ACC. Well, if, yeah. if Clemson sucks, who else is? I mean, maybe Nobody. Miami's going to be all right. I because mean, the ACC sucks. Be? Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, and then last thing I wanted to talk about with college football, unless you guys have something else, but uh, A. Riba 216 says, uh, primetime go Buffs, man. Colorado goes to TCU. Now, first of all, I'm a, I'm going to say uh I think Colorado's going to be the most annoying fucking team in all of college sports. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, oh. The um Here's the thing. The the end of this game happens. One, you did not beat the team that went to the national championship game last year. That team all of their best players are gone. All of, literally all of them. None of their best players are there anymore. TCU is not going to be that good of a team this year. Right. But then two, I love the swagger that, that Deion Sanders is going to bring to Colorado. I right. love the swagger they play with. I love the, the fact, like his, his son, the quarterback, looked great. He brought some really good players with him. I think Colorado is going to be a fun team. I think they're going to be pretty good, too. But this, oh, you doubted us. You doubted me. Do you believe? Now, calling a reporter out because he was like, well, just because it's Deion Sanders doesn't mean Colorado is going to be like a really good football team. Right. And then he asked a question in the in the press conference and Deion Sanders like, well, do you, I read what you wrote. I read all that BS that you wrote. Do you believe now? Do you believe now? No. You beat like a not week one. You beat dude. a TCU team. Right that lost all their best players from last year. Like, no, I don't believe now. I'm not like, I'm not sold on you. It's just going to get sold because they're, they're taking this, like nobody believes in us attitude and then they're putting it into the media. And, and all of a sudden I'm going from, I want to see Deion Sanders, like really climb the ladder to, I want to see him lose a lot of games this year. I think, I think that's where I'm at. They're going to be must see TV every week. Every single week, they're going to be must see TV. I, I mean, the, the next two weeks, they've got uh, they've got Nebraska and Colorado State, but then it gets interesting because they got to yeah. go to Eugene, and then USC uh, comes to Boulder in a yeah. few weeks. So that is going to be exciting. So I mean, after that, yeah, sure they cruise on through, but then they end the year at Utah. So yeah, they've got they've got a a, a few games to look forward to, but yeah. I, I, up until then, when they start beating the you know the Arizonas, the Washington States of the world, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be. I will say that stuff is going to get annoying, but uh, he's 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 got these guys buying in. I mean, he's gonna be yeah. It's it's they're gonna be must see TV every week. 
I can never buy into somebody that's doing the victim mentality. And Dion right now is the king of it. Nobody believes in right. me. Nobody. And I love this comment from dubious underscore one uh, watching us live here tonight. Dion is like the total opposite of Stefanski. Let's see what Dion says after some losses. Right. Yes. I, I just don't like the, don't give me the victim stuff. You're Dion Sanders. You're one of the greatest athletes that's ever lived on this planet. Uh, a lot of people believe in you. Nobody's doubting you. Nobody's like talking shit about you. People may have questions because you haven't really proved anything at a major level yet, but like, let's not play this. Oh, everybody's against us. Me against the world thing. That shit drives me crazy. It's <laughs> that the was like the reaction after me. like a bowl game or like a playoff game. I would expect to see from a coach. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a long season. Like you know, kudos to him if he can keep that like energy up all season, but like it's it's a long it's a long season. It's long. It's long. All right, boys. So again, that's all I really had for the college football. Anything else, anything else fun happened in college football that you're dying to talk about? Man, did you see that BYU game? No. <laughs> they all shit. <laughs> no. Right. no. That's a callback if everybody who's joining us. I, I, I've watched a lot of BYU over the years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Settle down. Big Settle BYU down on your Cougars. Right. Settle down on your Cougars. Right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Tell that to Zach Wilson. <laughs> so, Chad has a game that he wants to play before we get – Oh, wait a minute. Brad Ward just said something in the comments, Joe, if you want to pull it up. Drew Aller looks good, man, yeah, for Penn State. Yeah, he sure, he sure shit did. Drew Aller looked every bit of what I thought he was going to look like in that West Virginia yeah. game. He was in control, and that was a that's a that's a Power Five team coming in. Penn State at night. Penn State's better than West Virginia, but still kind of a rivalry there. That West Virginia Pennsylvania thing, uh, and Drew Aller was in control of that game all freaking night. Yeah. He looked yeah. awesome. Yeah. Sure was. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, he's the number one draft pick in 2025. Oh, he might be the top you. quarterback, but I don't know about the number one pick. I think he's the number one pick. Sure. Uh, all right. So, Chad, I'm going to turn it over to you because I really don't know what we're doing. Uh, but you had a game you wanted to end the show with. So why don't you explain it and let's play it. So I found so I found a lot of I mean, you guys have watched the key and peel you know, college football all star game skits. Right. So I found yeah. I found 11 different just awesome key and peel names uh names from around from around college football real names real names like and you see exactly why they made these skits um i, I don't know i just I, I i figured i'd try something different you know if it works it works if it doesn't we don't have to do it ever again but i thought it'd be kind of fun if i gave you these like real key and peel names and you guys tried to guess what position they play obviously i'm not gonna make you guess the school for god's sakes there's you know, 11 billion division one college football schools. I'm going to guess the school and the position. I just yeah, but I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, but I'm, uh, I, I just wanted to see, you know, cause you know, it's like, Oh, uh, you know, John Johnson sounds like a linebacker. That's what I had in my head when I was doing these names. You mm. know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to do school too though. So, all right, fine. Here we yeah. go. And then, and then when you guys make your guesses, I figured I'd do it like a key and peel thing. Anyway, uh, this one's easy. I'm going to start off with an easy one. Cause I know you guys have probably heard of this one, but we're going to go with, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid McKinstry. I, mean, I know this one. Are these this... are these real Keen Peel? These are real. Names? No, these are real players in college football. 
Oh no, uh, I know this McKenzie. one. He's a nose tackle. All right. All right. Uh let's go. Let's go West Virginia. <laughs> oh no, I know this one. I don't uh, know this one. It is is it a defensive back? It is a I want to say it's a defensive back. Okay. And I want to say it's it's a big school. Kool-Aid McKinstry, defensive back, Alabama. Alabama. Ah, yes. Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. I, that's, I knew that. Yes. All right. Next, Octavius Oxendine. Octavius Oxendine. Oh. Line, linebacker all the way. Where? Uh, Give me all this. All right. Octavius Oxendine. I have never heard of this. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say Octavius Oxendine is a offensive tackle. All right. From UTEP. Octavius Oxendine, defensive lineman, Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. Next, DeColdest Crawford. The oh, coldest another one. Crawford. That's another one that I know. Uh, oh, hold on. I gotta think defensive about back. Give me uh give me uh give me Wright State University. <laughs> right State. <laughs> the dragon. <laughs> Shit. Oh, the coldest Crawford is a wide receiver from fuck, I don't remember where the coldest Crawford is from. Uh, I want to say it's real random. Uh, I'm going to go Old Miss with this one. DeColdis Crawford, wide receiver, Louisiana Tech. Ah, I was in the right area. All right. Next, Major Burns. Major Burns. Easy one. I know that Uh, one. Isn't he a quarterback? Or no. Oh, no, now I'm starting to think. No, now I'm thinking. No, this is not an easy one. I don't remember this one. Yeah. Uh, Major Burns. Give me me Illinois. All right. What what position? Quarterback. All right. I was going to go quarterback, too, but then I forgot. I was thinking of the wrong thing. So I'm just going to say quarterback, Texas. Major Burns is a safety from LSU. LSU. All right. Next one. (laughs) Mo. Ability, Mo. Oh, fuck ability. off. No, I, I promise you, it's a real no, person. No, it isn't. That's Mo not real. Ability. Mobility. Yep, I promise you, Mo. Ability. Oh, no no um, way. Um, well, he's not a kicker. <laughs> um, he's got to be a big guy, right? Mo. Ability. Give me, give me offensive line. Give me offensive line for UNC. All right. I'm going to say mobility is fuck <laughs> offensive line. A running back at Coastal Carolina. Mobility. Defensive back. Rice University. Rice. Rice. Yeah. And next one. Next one. Cavassier Smoke. Cavassier no. Smoke. No, that's, Cavassier yeah. Smoke. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Cavassier Smoke. Defensive back. Give me uh give me Oklahoma State. 
All right. Uh, Colvoisier smoke is. So I take it you don't want the fish sandwich. I was gonna say that's all I can think about is Leon Phelps. I don't care what you say. Chlamydia is a soup. <laughs> yeah, the ladies <laughs> love Leon. It's the Lord's man. Cavoisier uh, smoke is a. Uh, he is a defensive back okay. from Colorado. Cavoisier smoke is a running back. From Colorado. You got the score oh, right. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Damn. Right. smoke. All right. Next. Are you guys ready for this one? Yeah. This is the ladies' man. Shitta Silla. Shitta Silla. Can you spell that? Uh, <laughs> origin. S-H-I-T-T-A-S-I-L-L-A-H. Uh, <laughs> Shitta Silla. Poor child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um give me give me tight end from <laughs> Florida. Florida Gators. All right, Mike. Should have oh fuck. Should have Silla on a flight to France from Browns Bendito. Turn the plane around. Turn that shit around. Literally. Uh, defensive lineman, Syracuse. Ooh, in the right vicinity. Shitta Silla, linebacker, Boston College. Shit. Boston College. Long snapper on a plane. <laughs> All right, I got four more. I got right, four more. <laughs> Next, Storm Duck. Storm, Ooh, Storm Duck. Duck. Oh, that's unfortunate because it only makes me think of one school. Yeah. Yeah. Oregon. Well, no, I, that's not my guess. I was just saying words. Um, Storm Ducks a quarterback. Okay. Uh, Storm Georgia Duck. Tech. Oh. Okay. Storm Duck. Storm Duck. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I've never even heard. Okay, Storm Duck plays fucking. <laughs> he sure does. Storm Duck is a like a scat back, like a okay. running back for All Oregon right. State. All right. Storm Duck, defensive back, Louisville. Oh, shit, I was not All right. right. <laughs> None of us close. All right. Next up is Pig Cage. Pig Cage. Ooh. Yeah, out of here. Yeah. Well, full name. That's the full name? That's his full name is Pig Cage. The last name was Cage, and they're like pig. Pig so, Cage. Oh, like yeah. Thomas Cage. I feel yeah. like I've heard of this person. And yeah, it's like obscure. Bradley Cage. But I don't. Yeah. Um, Mike, is, Mike, is just, Mike is just racking his brain. I don't know. I love it. I, I know, know what state this guy is in. I know what state this guy is in because I've seen this before. What I'll state is he in? Running, you know what running back, Michigan State. I have no idea what uh, this guy – Pig Cage, this is this is some kind of big dude. Pig Cage is a defensive tackle. Uh-huh. That was important, big. Probably. He's in Texas. He is at, but he's at a, like a rando Texas school. He is at AM. No, fuck off. <laughs> uh Texas San Antonio. Yeah, you got it right. I knew that. 
but he's an outside no. linebacker. He's not a defensive ah, end. <laughs> All right, two more. Fish McWilliams. Fish McWilliams. Fish McWilliams. That sounds like somebody that would play for Michigan. Yeah. He's hey, Pedro, I made the rooster. He's a defensive back at, at Kansas. Okay. Fish McWilliams. Stay. Okay. Fish McWilliams is a good old fish. Yeah. Is a fishy um, Mick. good old fishy Mick. Fish Mac is a running back. Okay. For sure. For certain yeah. at Cal. Sure. All right. Fish McWilliams, defensive lineman, UAB. You all, of course he is. Oh, UAB. Yeah. yeah. And last but certainly not least, memorable factor. Memorable factor. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? I know who this is. Ah. Okay. Here's my 0 for 11th guess here. Uh, <laughs> I know a linebacker guy. out of, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it Maryland. is a linebacker. What'd you say? Maryland? Where? I said Maryland. Oh. It is a linebacker. If I'm not mistaken, because it's memorable, it is a linebacker. And it's from a team that played last night. That's right. When they beat the living shit out of Clemson. That's right. It's a Duke oh, linebacker. Right? From Duke. Memorable factor. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. There is. And that concludes the Key and Peel name game. Solid. I love that it. That was great. That was great. Yeah, that was a blast. That was a blast. All right. That's going to do it for us. Oh, well, that's not going to do it for us. We got one more segment to get to before we get out of here. Uh, we did our asshole of the week earlier where we called people out that deserve to be called out. Now let's call people out for something good or for something uh, that we just want to call them out for. So this is our three cheers of the week before we get out of here. And uh, boys, I'll let anybody start. Whoever wants to do it. I will cheers my family for a great trip at Hawking Hills this weekend for my mom's 60th birthday. It was a blast. Good time. Couldn't do any hiking, foot broken. Uh, but we got a pontoon. The internet didn't work, so we got disconnected for a couple of days, which was actually kind of nice. Yes. Um, it was a good time. Played Beautiful a lot of cabin, games. Hung out a lot in of hot games, tub. A lot of drinking, a lot of hot tub. That game um, we played by the fire pit, blast. Piccolo. Yeah, if you've yeah. never played Piccolo before, it's a phone game. Uh, it's like a three-day free trial, so don't pay for it. But, like, very fun, like, just drinking game, like, conversation starter game. That was that was a good time, and Joe did not get to uh, get to do the hike, but I did, and man, the hiking down there is just oh, it's it feels kind of lame to say it, but like if you haven't been to like the the just even like the main like old man cave whatever down there in Hocking Kills, it's freaking gorgeous. It's gorgeous. yeah, people that aren't like familiar, yeah, I always tell it's it's the one place in Ohio where just you don't feel like you're in Ohio at all. It's just yeah, it's, you're out in the middle of nothing, middle of nothing, but it's just beautiful. All right, so love that, Joe. Uh, well, I'm going to just go now, Chad, and I'll let yeah. you go last because okay. A-Riba216 threw this up there, and my cheer this week was Probably Jimmy Buffett. Riba. Uh, uh, well, I know people with the last name R-Y-B-A is Riba, so I'm going to oh. run with it. Or it could be oh. a Reba. I don't know. You you could tell us. Um, but my cheer was Jimmy Buffett. Uh, yeah. 
I, I, uh, I will regret the rest of my life that I skipped every concert that he ever came to Cleveland. I never saw him. I never went to a Jimmy Buffett concert and I will regret it forever because who doesn't love Jimmy Buffett? You don't have to listen to his stuff all the time. You don't have to be like the most hardcore parrot head Jimmy Buffett fan. But what's cool about Jimmy Buffett is that there's only one. He's the only person that's ever done his style of music. Jimmy Buffett did Jimmy Buffett music, and that's it. Nobody's ever done it before. Nobody will ever do it again. Jimmy Buffett was one of a kind, one of the most iconic musicians. Jimmy Buffett passed away this weekend. Um, Again, uh, really tough. Just uh, sad stuff. I'm not going to get too worked up just because I didn't know Jimmy Buffett, but and he was 70, what was he, 76? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, cheers to Jimmy Buffett. He made a long lasting permanent impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Cheeseburgers in paradise forever. Cheers. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to cheers. I got two cheers. I'm going to cheers fantasy football drafts. Uh, just because I, I just love him so much. Like it's the funnest part about fantasy football. Like the rest of the yeah. season's kind of lame unless you're making trades, but drafting is just so much fun. I, I, I can't, Help but have a blast. I'm I, I always get a slightly sad when they're when they're all over, but you know, now it's on to the season. And <laughs> my next, my 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 next cheers is God, it's such a Florida thing. Um, but uh a, a three-legged bear who's apparently well known in the community. All right. Oh, His name's, like in yeah, Florida? in Florida. His name's Tripod. Apparently, he went uh <laughs> apparently. Over the weekend, he uh, broke into a house, right? Just tore open like a, a lanai, broke into a house. He uh, ate some fish food next to the tank. But the best part about it is he then went to the bar, got himself three white claws, sat down, had a, had them all, drank all three of them, and then got out of there. He just needed a drink. It's so damn hot in Florida. He just sat <laughs> down for a refreshing white claw. Apparently, according to the article, his favorite flavors are mango and strawberry. Had three white claws and got his ass out of there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like real life cocaine bear. (laughs) White claw. (laughs) All right. Shout out to that bear. That's a great way to end the show. All right. Last order of business for us. Those are our three cheers of the week. Let's get to our thank yous this week. Our first thank you goes out to the OBR. Again, if you're... If you're new to the OBR, if you're not subscribed to the OBR, first of all, get over to the OBR streaming net, or I'm sorry, to the OBR website. They're still running the 70% off annual subscription. So go over there and hit the annual subscription button. You get it for like 30 bucks. And then you get the breakdowns by Jake Burns, the film breakdowns, the numbers by guys like Cody and Brad Ward, who's here all night tonight, and Jack Duffin and his salary cap expertise and Andrew Spade and Barry and, and, and Brad Stanbrook and all just everybody that, that works with the OBR uh, you get that for like $30 for the year. So go subscribe and a huge thank you to the OBR for hosting us every single week. Our next thank you goes out to our special guest from the ultimate Cleveland sports show and from behind the glass, which is like a spinoff of the ultimate Cleveland sports show on YouTube, Mikey McNuggets as named by the legendary Joe Thomas, Mikey McNuggets, uh, huge shout out to Mikey for coming on with us. He spent a full hour with us talking about the Browns, the season opener, the off season. Uh, it was awesome talking with Mikey. He is really good at this and uh, we will certainly look to get him on again in the future. Big time. Thank you to Mikey McNuggets. And lastly, 
Our biggest thank you goes out to all of you, whether you joined us live here tonight on Twitch or on YouTube and you were part of the comments. You guys were awesome tonight. The comments were all night long just going crazy. Or whether you're joining us later on the podcast version on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or if you watch us on demand, thank you to you for supporting us. Thank you for drinking a beer with us, talking sports with us, and hanging out with us every single week. That's going to do it for episode 179 of the Garage Beers podcast. For Joey down in Nashville, Tennessee, for Chad over on the east side of Cleveland, I am Michael Keefe. Go follow the show at The Garage Beers on all the socials, and we will see you next week for episode 180. Cheers, everybody, and for the first time in forever, go fucking Browns.